This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 14. When it comes to sex and dating, does honesty stop us from having fun? Does being a nice guy actually make a difference? And how do we work out what's right when everyone else is telling us that casual sex is wrong? Let's find out where the ethics matters with Gordon from Ethological. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. This episode is all about ethics, the practical moral choices we all make in our day-to-day lives. And when it comes to moral dilemmas, sex and dating are full of them. From how to unmatch someone on Tinder, to being honest about your other girlfriends, we've all found ourselves in situations where we need to make some hard choices. Well, I'm not going to ask you to make them alone. Meet Gordon. He's a university-educated ethicist who also happens to be single. Together, we're going to work out what being ethical means and why you should care in the first place. And just another quick note here. We recorded this episode a while ago before the pandemic. So when we start talking about Gordon's extra busy dating schedule, just keep in mind that things have changed a little bit since then. Thanks very much for having me along, Georgie. Thanks for coming along. I've so much been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, ditto, actually. This is going to be great. <laughs> so if you can, like, just give in, in just a few words or a couple of sentences, um, like, who are you and what do you do? Okay, <laughs> big questions. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. small. It's yeah, small. no, no, it's fine. So, yeah, uh, as Georgie said, I'm an ethicist. I've studied, studied professional ethics at Melbourne University, uh, originally coming from an environmental management background, and eventually just decided to specialize into something that I'd always found fascinating, but which is also very relevant to that sort of work, which is understanding why people make decisions and attempting to have influence over that. So you started in, in management and segued into ethics? Uh, environmental management, yeah. So we're talking about like, you know, going to a business and they've got their waste streams, their energy use, their water use, and we're trying to find ways to improve the performance in that. So yeah, yeah very, very strong people focus. There's technical elements to that, of course, but like 90% of the time you get the people across and the technical stuff will follow. So I guess the point of this is that like ethics is in everything, right? Right, Pretty yeah. Pretty much. Um, and of course, the podcast is about hookups um, and there's so much to say about that but first I guess I'd kind of like to ask your opinion Mm. like when it comes to ethics in dating Mm. do you think that talking about how ethical you are is kind of like a bit of a wank fest (laughs) like do you think we go yes I'm very I'm very ethical and uh, you know and I'm a really nice person that it starts to sound a bit iffy yeah definitely there's one of those he doth protest too much situations going on there if a person comes up to me and says, oh, I'm a very ethical person, I'm going to be very suspicious of that person right off the bat. Uh, one of the ironies of being an ethicist and working in this space and having met several people working in this space these days is that we all self-identify as pretty terrible people. Like, <laughs> Or more accurately, we all have the capacity. We recognize that in this space, we all have the capacity to be pretty atrocious human beings. I think we all have 
the capacity to be atrocious human beings. Right. And this is why I think talking about ethics is important, mm. because we can all be shit cunts. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having said that, like my book is literally called an ethic, Your Ethical Guide to a Successful Sex Life. And I sort yeah. of felt like I had to put that in there because I feel like we're so down on sex in general that it's just assumed that if you're trying to pick up, you're going, sure. that you're yeah. behaving badly, you know? Yeah, I did notice that in your book. I found that quite fascinating. What's your definition? If you can, like, right, you know, sorry, give yeah, me like a, yeah. you know, one or two sentence. <laughs> Ethics is de- successful decision making, which is to say that you have a clear understanding of what it is you actually want to achieve, by which I don't mean the short-term outcome, but also the long-term outcomes and how that fits into your life as a whole, and subsequently making good quality decisions that actually achieve that. Let's bring this down to the level of, um, of what we're talking about, which sure. is like, you know, hooking up. Like what, what, what would be the equivalent in terms of like making a good ethical decision hmm. um, What's the, what's the best example of making a good ethical decision? Mm. Oh, there's that, so many. I what's mean, something that looks good in the short term and bad in the long term, for lying. example? Lying. Totally. I mean, if you want to, like, again, if this is just a one night sort of thing, but even then it's kind of sus, frankly, like the idea that you lie to another person, like explicitly lie to another person. We can talk about lies of omission, but it gets a bit grey. But we all if, know roughly what lying is. It's just how you, how you right, do it, right. you know. We've yeah. Been there. If you go in to intentionally mislead the person to you know get them into bed now look if it's a one-off thing and it was purely about arousal and the other person hasn't been misled in some important way then that's one thing but like if you're trying to start a relationship and you start that off by lying to the person to get them involved in the first place well how long is that gonna last i actually you know what i think i disagree with you because i reckon that those choices we make that are like good, that are set up as good short term, poor long term, like lying to someone, I think they're poor short term decisions too. Because oh, if you yeah. lie to someone to get laid, the whole time you're having sex with them, you're going to be thinking about that lie and it's going to fuck with your game and you're going to have bad sex. The connection will be bad because you mm. know you've lied, mm. the other person senses you've mm. lied. Like, I don't, I, in terms of like, short like short and long-term gain like i think sometimes they're the same thing Mm. like sometimes we make a decision that we think is good in the short term but actually it's bad in the short term and bad in the long term yeah no look it's a relevant point i would suppose where i was thinking is that the short term is just getting them into bed in the first place as opposed to the quality of the experience once you're in there my my sort of take on this is that once you consider the quality of the whole experience Mm. there are no there are no good short-term decisions that don't involve being ethical (laughs) Look, drawing that, like in many ways, that's exactly the point. People have a tendency to think of being uh, an ethical decision as being uh, cherry on top. You know what I mean? It's like this gold standard. It's if you are acting ethically, then you've gone well beyond what's reasonably expected of a person and you're doing Superman stuff, right? Whereas my definition of ethics and most professionals, well, practicing practitioners' definition of ethics is more along the lines of like, Is it a good quality decision? Are you aware of what you're trying to achieve? Are you aware of how you're going about achieving it? And is it going to work? I mean, you're doing this every day. There's one thing I'd like everyone to be aware of, and your listeners included, is the fact that you are doing ethics right now. You do it all the time. Right. It's not just for for, uh, lecturers and uni students. 
it's a real problem I have with my own field, to be perfectly honest. There is a tendency. I mean, what what do you think of when you hear philosophy professor? Right, that someone's going to come and give me a big lecture about yeah. uh, what Wanker. I don't understand. Yeah. And this is why I was I brought this up, because I'm like, you know, I think as soon as we start to talk about ethics, people are like, oh, someone's about to give me a big lecture. Yeah, yeah, which unfortunately has been true. I mean, you do get this in every field to some degree as people who enjoy using their uh, advanced knowledge on a topic to not enlighten other people, but to basically keep them out. Yeah. Like use it as a sort of a, well, not bullying exactly, but sort of like an elitism sort of tool. And I kind of feel like that happens with people that say they're ethical also. Oh, God, um, yes. Like, you know, that we try and use the fact that we're ethical as a leverage to over other people like I'm a better person than you because I'm more ethical than you are and I don't think that's what ethics is for it's kind of ironic really isn't it because it's like hey you're making another person feel bad and not trying to help them out that's, and choosing a destructive n- approach that's really fucking ethical that's real ethical good job <laughs> Whereas, to, for me I guess I've always felt like being ethical especially when it comes to sex and dating has just been about like doing my damnedest to do my best yeah I mean you, you know? cannot ask for better than that honestly the additional factor from my definition of ethics is that context is massive all right like if you try and take a simplistic sort of approach where here is a general set of rules always follow them never break them what we'd call a deontological set of value, uh, ethics and we're talking about basically we're talking about like moral standards at this point yeah, all those things right. people say we shouldn't shouldn't be doing yeah or you're a good or a bad person if you do this this stuff right, right. well it falls apart almost immediately here's a classic one right like we were just talking about lying before there's very few people that you talk to who say that honesty is a bad thing, right? Like people, generally speaking, say honesty is a good thing to uphold. It's about the same conduct. number of people that actually struggle to actually be honest. There's not a single human being on the face of the planet who hasn't lied multiple times today. It's just what we do. And there's reasons for that. In the Again, it's easy to characterize any sort of lie as unethical. But quite frankly, if you're in a situation where lying minimizes the harm... Right. And maximizes the benefit, which is more of a sort of a utilitarian approach to the topic. That's obviously superior. This Why is like you your date going else? to those jeans make my butt look big. Right. And of course, you're not going to go, hell yes. Yeah. Right. Well, not to get straight back to my personal experience thus far, but I had a recent date where I went on two dates and uh, wrapped my head around the fact eventually that I was not physically attracted to the person. Uh, and at that point, it's like how honest is ethical? Yeah. Because brutally honest might not be ethical to go, you know what, I just find you really unattractive. That's not kind. No, well, what the hell are they going to do with that information? Right. You know, well, like nothing. what am I asking them to do? And it's not do? their fault that you don't find them attractive. No. So honesty, like this is, right? So just saying be honest is not enough. It's not good enough. No, no, no. We no, need, no. Better, we need better, better rules. It's simplistic and you can easily, for any sort of simple, simple virtue like that or simple rule, it's so easy to construct a scenario, a really plausible scenario, even an example, where um, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like it's an exception. Super easy. And in fact, people that want to act like assholes can do so while staying within the rules. Oh, I was just being uh, honest, you know. Oh, you shouldn't take offense. Like, you know, being honest is good. Exactly. Oh, do you feel bad now? Sorry, you're crying. The most yeah. dangerous bullies in the world are the ones that use the rules to their effect. My overriding thing is I am absolutely petrified about hurting another person in this sort of situation, and that sort of guides everything that I do to a compulsive level. I mean, like, but you're going to, like, by its whole nature, having these difficult conversations that we have with our partners, yeah. you're going to, like, people do get hurt, and yep. even when we're doing our best, people take it badly. Yeah, yeah, there's, look, it's sometimes necessary. It's sometimes very necessary or very beneficial to do some short-term harm but, um, or say things that are going to upset a person, even 
provided it's done with that long-term benefit in mind and you're considerate and you minimise that harm. And for them too, like I can imagine how awful it would be if yeah. I was a few months into shagging someone and then I found out that they didn't find me attractive. Like I'd feel oh. so humiliated. I mean, yeah. It'd be awful. Like I'd want right. them to say, sorry, not feeling at the connection, second date. I wouldn't want them to be just putting up with it. Right. Like, God, that'd be so awful. Yeah, by contrast, there was another girl who had I dating up until recently who I'd seen five times. Now, that was starting to get a little bit more serious. Um, and that's actually sort of brings me to one of the more valuable tools as an ethicist that I bring to play, which actually surprises people a lot. Empathy. People tend to conflate that with sympathy or with being nice. They think it's the same thing. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not. Empathy is a source of data, which is to say, if you can imagine how another person from a different perspective is experiencing what you're putting out, useful right it's useful one you can cater to their emotional needs or their intellectual needs or whatever's going on which is on. a win-win for everyone right it is right but at the same time you can also make sure that you're not misunderstood or at least minimize the chance for that i mean we were saying earlier on i used to actually suffer very badly from the whole nice guy syndrome Oh, okay tell us about that because that is the the ultimate ethics misfire the but i'm a nice guy Ugh. you should date me thing tell me how did yeah. that happen uh shyness basically yeah, teenage me was very, very, very shy. Um, and that turned a little toxic in the sense that I was lonely, basically. I had good male friends around, but I didn't never had a very good sense of self-worth. Like, I didn't substitute ego for self-worth too much, which I think stopped me from going too toxic. Like, didn't resort to bravado or anything like that too much. But it just meant that, like, the idea of approaching a woman was so outlandish, right? Like, I mean, it just couldn't happen. For me, it was never worth the risk. I was so caught up in the potential outcomes and, like, the potential humiliation, the potential of mm. upsetting or hurting them. These are real fears. You know, the irony actually is, I look back at photos of myself at that age. Damn, I was attractive. Oh, that's it. It's great <laughs> to look back at pictures from when you were young. Like, I did not appreciate how I was. Oh. I've got to tell you, though, when you talk about being afraid to approach people and afraid of how crushing rejection, rejection is going to be when it happens, mm. like that stuff has never left me. I was a, at a party mm. on the mm. weekend. It was a part. I'm doing the inverted commas with my fingers party, which means it was a naked party. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you, you do this stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, you're surrounded by naked people that are really nice. Go up and ask one for something. And then I'm thinking, but that would be really scary. I can't do that. Mm. Like, what if they say no? I'll feel really d depressed and I'll, I'll feel like I'm a terrible person. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, you've been doing this for years. So I think that stuff sticks around. But the difference is what the story we tell ourselves about it, right? Oh, exactly. So when we start blaming that on other people, hmm. which kind of sounds like what, what happened to you. Like yeah. being super afraid to approach other people is totally a common um, universal human oh, experience, totally, but it's totally. what you do with that, right? The thing was, is like, for me, it was a self-defense mechanism, right? It's yeah. like, I can sit down here and continue to wallow in the horrible realization that I am so paralyzed by fear that I can't find, I can't even begin to the process of finding a partner. And God damn, did I want someone. Like even admitting that is someone. awful. Admitting how lonely you are and how oh, afraid you are to change that. Absolutely. Like that's a really hard thing to sit with. Yeah, and like it all compounds. It's like a, a nasty cycle because like my lack of self-worth meant that I couldn't find a partner, which in turn worsened that self-worth and I couldn't be on my Such own either. Such a vicious circle. Because I loathed spending time with myself because I just had to spend time with this loser. 
really the turnaround for me was um, reading uh, the Dalai Lama's Guide to Happiness, uh, mainly as a pretentious thing, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, you know. I've, I've, yep, I'm sure we've all been there too. And there was a line in that, that um, the realisation I came to, and I'm not saying that the book did this to me so much as it gave me the catalyst to, you know, like form, bring some ideas together that I've been having at the moment. I'm allowed to be happy. You know, like, I mean, That's really cool. Something as simple as that, I'd realized that for such a long time I'd been basically beating myself up because I'd been doing that as a means to motivate myself. It's like, I feel bad. That means I'm failing. Therefore, if I punish myself, I will improve. And that spills over onto other people, right, too. Oof. So if you spend your whole time hating and judging yourself, hmm. invariably you end up hating and judging the people around you. And you hate, you hate the people for not giving you what you want. You hmm. hate... You know, they hate the people you want to date because they're not giving you what you want. But really, it's just an extension of hating on yourself. And it was only after I started to allow myself to look for things that made me happy as opposed to punish, find ways to punish myself as a form of discipline, I was able to start relaxing, frankly. I actually now really enjoy moments where I fuck up. Oh, my God. Can I high five you? Yeah. Yes. So fucking good. Um, I don't like them when they happen, but afterwards, oh my God, there's so much mileage to be gotten out of that. Oh man, it's the best. It's sort of like equal parts. You've got to position it in your brain, right? Like I have this horrible long-term thing of breaking chairs, right? Now that's the sort of thing. That sounds scary, Gordon. I don't know why. I broke an ottoman. It shouldn't be possible to break an ottoman. So Okay, so when you said that, what I was saying was like... um, WWF style, like lifting the chair up in a rage because you wanted to ask someone out, but you were too scared and then smashing it on the ground. But that's not what we're talking about. I just sat on it and it collapsed really slowly and then it didn't re-rise. This is a weird life problem. I know. I got an ass that just won't quit. (laughs) Point is, is like, in some ways, it makes for an interesting person, right? Because the way I can talk about this, and I bring this up all the time, because I imagine a situation where you're sitting down with a group of friends and they, we all give each other shit to some degree or another, and like all four legs of this chair gave out simultaneously. <laughs> Sounds like, great. It's like a fucking cartoon. I think like, I would have enjoyed that immensely. Well, everyone else had a great time with it. But now, like how I react to this situation and how I train myself to react to that situation in time makes a crucial difference, right? Like... Imagine if you're lying, sitting on the ground and you feel humiliated. If that's the angle you go with, that's a shit night. That's called the night. And this, this is, you're talking about this because rejection, right? Right. It's how you take it. Right. I mean, it's like if you fall into that response or, and don't get me wrong, it's very natural, but at the same time, there's other ways to learn how to respond to things like that. I mean, like it's what I've learned to do over time is laugh at it. Because that shit was hilarious. Wow. So your coping strategy is different to mine. So I, I'm very good at responding to rejection. Um, at like in terms of thanks for thanks so much for your honesty. I really appreciate it. It was really nice meeting you regardless. Yeah. All that stuff. But then I will go home and I will sit in my room with the light turned off and I will have a good half hour, hour of absolute self-loathing. Yeah. And I will just let it like let it sit there and I'm like, this is about you. Oh. It's not about them. Why do you feel so bad about yourself? What is that about, dude? And then just like sit there with it. Like I literally can't laugh it off. Like I still take rejection really hard. Oh, see, I think that's slightly different though, because I mean, you haven't done anything wrong in that well, situation. But no. Like well, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong breaking to destroy chair, the Ottoman. Well, I, know, but I did destroy the chair. <laughs> but you didn't do it. The Ottoman decided to. Do yeah, it's, it. it's pretty much true. But, <laughs> like 
I, in, a, in a rejection situation, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I will be sad for a bit. And, and that that's be okay. okay with being sad. That's fine. Like you can't, de- denying the emotional reaction is the biggest problem, right? Like if I try and cover that up, inevitably what happens is I get angry. So we can't like necessarily laugh it off because yeah, that's, gonna, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a defensive reaction, yeah. right? Like it's like I have a whole bunch of emotions sitting around on my shoulders that I can't get rid of because I'm not willing to process it. And therefore I'll just get angry at where it came from or where I think it came from, right? That's not helping. I mean, you know. Certain circumstances, relationships, absolutely not. But yeah, you're going to bring up the book, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was going to go. Sometimes when we get angry, it's useful. Mm. But there are sometimes when it's not. We've like, how did we get here? We've, we've like, I know we're all over the place. We're talking about you breaking chairs. <laughs> like, oh my god. When do you feel like you've been in a situation where your ethics has been challenged? Where you're like, what's the what do I? What's the right thing to do here? Well, that one I was talking about before with the five, dated her five times before breaking up, like I actually did have a conundrum and I sought advice from friends. And uh, Tell me about that. Uh, well, she was getting pretty invested, like you could tell from the body language and so forth and a couple of, you know, pretty obvious social cues like, you know, hey, do you want to come up to my place for a cup of coffee? And I did and then didn't sleep with her, like didn't give her the opportunity. Ah, this is why I think you should ask for what you fucking want. Hmm. Like you should say, hey, do you want to come up to my apartment because I'd like to bang you, at least then you know it's what. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it wasn't a badly negotiated space on this occasion because she gave me the opportunity and... You didn't didn't take it. And I didn't take it in a... I didn't reject her, but at the same time we had a nice chat up in her space. Um, And... Would she be cool with you talking about this, by the way? Just checking in. Like, uh, well, I'm not going to name her. Yeah, cool. Right? And she's unlikely to ever hear this podcast. Well, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, is like after the fifth date, and it was during the fifth date where I'm sort of sitting there going, okay, no, like, yeah, no, like things are crystallizing in my mind here. This isn't going to continue. And then like, you know, right? You get right. to the point where you know. I, I bailed. As in like I, I didn't pull the trigger. I should have. I should have done it in person. I should have had the courage to do it to her face. But like, oh man. That's I a tough conversation. I hate that. Like, I hate knowing that I put another person into pain. And Gordon, so you do it remotely so you don't have to watch putting them into right. pain. But you're still putting it into pain. You're just not there at the time. Exactly, right. It's a total cop out. I fe- Yeah, exactly. So I felt like I, I owed to do it in person, but I just couldn't summon the courage on that occasion. And like, yeah could have done better we'll try to do better in the future but that's what it was having said that you can't always assume so like i always assume that the conversation in person is best if you've been seeing anyone for any amount of time yeah that it shows a certain level of respect Mm. but i have had friends say god no if someone wants to break up with me and they know that i'm going to be upset i don't want them to see me upset so i want them to do it by text so that i can have my ugly cry or whatever and it's not in front of them and i went oh shit really i just want people to tell me to my face but maybe that's a character thing well, this is where the dilemma emerged for me, if I'm honest, and like, uh, because having failed to do it in person at the appropriate time, uh, which would have been awful for everyone, it may have been extra bad for her to have that happen in person. But so you were sit- literally sitting there, and the moment happened, and you're like, "Okay, uh, I know now. I know I need to say me. something." And then it, I couldn't find you a couldn't, way. Like you I, couldn't find a way. My clever self had managed to engineer a dinner date, and so you know, I was sitting across from her in a public environment, across them, like I'm mean, like, when's the right time to do this? When's the right time? To do? Oh my no, God. there is no right time. No. There is no right time. I should have done it when, like, in the car on the way home or something like that. But anyway, that is now not on the table. So I am sitting here, like, thinking it through, and like, going, like, okay, so what's the best way to do this? Should I do this by text, or, which is what I want? 
because, you know, emotional distance. Easier. Or do I set up another date? At which point they're getting looking forward to seeing She's you. She's getting set up. Only to, to be honest, I'd be a little bit pissed about that too. Yeah, it was a bad situation, but like it, that that's the practical reality I was in at that time. At that point. Or you can go, hey, we need to talk, at which point she spends the next like 48 oh. hours till she gets to see you stressing out. And that's a really shitty, I've had partners that have gone, yeah. We need to talk. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't pull that shit with me. Yeah. If you've got a problem, you say it now because I'm not spending days before we get to talk, stressing out. Yeah. Fuck so that. I got the advice from a couple of female friends who I've got a good, like, f- well, friend relationship with. And, uh, yeah, like, they, they gave me some good advice and, like, pointed out that it might be, probably will be misinterpreted as, you know, hey, oh, yes, things are going well. Let's go on another date, at which yep. point I'm going to immediately shut it down. People let down. Oh. Or worst case That's scenario. That's a sad Saturday night, Gordon. Bail on that one too. <laughs> oh no! And then have this never-ending string of asking someone out so you can break up with them, and then not waking up the courage and three you're moving, months and you're moving two out children of later. territory oh, at that God. point. At that point, that's well over. What like so? My my and look, this isn't. This is not me saying that this is what the standard should be, but for me, the way I deal with this sort of thing, like dating multiple people at once, um, which I was <laughs> twelve. You were dating 12 people at once? Yeah, I am. Okay, so just... All right, that's the uh, high five. Okay, so let me just put this into context. I was kind of joking when I said your three girlfriends in the intro. I didn't think that was actually your situation. Oh, God, I think it actually went to 17 at one point. Have we left? Has the ethical ship left the shore at this point? Okay, so Uh, Just to make it... Just for disclosure, I'm non-monogamous. I don't believe... No, no, no. I think you should be able to date multiple people, but it's all how you do it, right? The way I was rationalizing this to myself, because I I sort of did this to a degree accidentally, because I sort of treated it like networking, which is something that I do a lot and I'm very good at. I treat my sex life like networking. Right, fair enough. But the problem was, is like... Absolutely. When I'm networking, I cram in literally as many people into a week as I can. Yeah, still sounds legit. Right. It's still fine so far. <laughs> the problem is, is you've had one first date with all of these people and you're sort of sitting there at the fire and going, oh, what have I done? Oh, no. <laughs> and then because I'm clueless, oh. if someone says, how's your week? I'd blurt out, yeah, great. I've been on seven dates already so far, but that does not go down well with your average person. <laughs> there was one Perth, there was one day, there was one Sunday. We're at four in one day. Dude, and like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why know. so many? Because I treated it like networking. But that's a that lot was... of emotional stuff to Ooh. put yourself through. No, but day. see, this, this is the thing. Like first dates, no, not a problem because I treated it like networking, right? Like it's like getting to know the person. And like it's networking casual. is fundamentally about forming a relationship, yep. a platonic relationship. And this is how I ended up rationalizing it to myself was the basis that I haven't slept with any of them. Can we talk about like demisexual stuff? Sure. Because you've told me in the past that you uh, you need to get to know someone unlike them before you're attracted to them, hmm. which is the textbook definition of demisexual. Okay, yep. Um, so this is a really cool way to do it, right? Meet hmm. a whole lot of people and then all you expect is a friendly connection hmm. and then giving, giving it time, right? Rather hmm. than trying to force things straight through to anything really fast because that's not, that's not going to work for you. Yeah, and it took me a long time to figure that out, um, which was made for some unpleasant experiences before I... Got my head around that, unfortunately. Well, especially with blokes, because we tell them that mm. they should just want to rush straight to stick yeah. in a dick in things and that that should make everyone happy. But for a lot of guys, that's not what makes them happy. Yeah, especially like in, um, well, post-30s dating is an interesting space, but like in a couple of prior relationships, that's, uh, the, well, the, the woman's moved faster than I did, frankly, which I'm not... I'm Guilty as charged. Sorry, not, no, not with no, you, but just generally. Just like, well, yeah, I mean, I've I, horrified again, some blokes. I was 110% like, on top of that at the time because... 
but at the same time, it's it's a strange place, right? It's like the idea that I, as a man, should turn down sexual advances uh, when they're first offered is because society often tells guys that they yeah. should never turn down any sexual right. advance, and that's where that toxic kind masculinity of comes in. Right? Well, I've I've had to come to terms with um, over a very long period of time through uh, seeing a counselor. Make no bones about it. Best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Definitely worth your time. Um, even without trauma. Like I, I was seeing the counselor for trauma after the relationship ended for about 10 months. Stopped doing it and six months later was right back in there because I realized there's a whole bunch of stuff under there that just... Unpick. Yeah, I'm yeah. still finding stuff. It's amazing. It's right? a big process. Good on you for doing the work. Yeah, well, I mean, like it, once I'd gotten my... I'll say this for myself. Once I get my head around a thing once... I'm usually pretty good to keep going. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things that you worry about other people judging you for, but in the reality, no one gives a flying fuck. In fact, 90% of people are going to give you total props for doing that. Anyway, um, yeah, so, the demisexual side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really cool to, just really cool to note. So the way you're going about it, setting up a whole load of dates and then just meeting people, yeah. that's going to work for you. Yeah. Um, unless you go on five dates with someone, they decide they might be falling for you. Which brings us back to your story. Right, and that became a problem because I could see the direction that was going and uh, I wasn't comfortable. So what did you end up doing? You didn't you didn't ask them out again on another date because that would have been cruel? And I tried to do the, you know, the whole connection thing, but I, I gave more effort into it considering the circumstances and everything like that. Did you consider a phone call, like halfway between uh, text and yeah. an in-person meeting? In some ways, that's the worst of both worlds, so you know what I mean? Like, yep. A, it's impersonal, and B, I still have to listen to the emotional reaction. Oh, dude. Oh. Uh, and also awkward. No one's got on the phone. And trying know? to trying to come up with something to say on the fly and maybe fucking it up. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, particularly like when I've been rejected by guys... They're really worried about saying the wrong thing and then having me call them an asshole. Yeah, because, of course, yeah, no one yeah, likes yeah. being rejected. So, of course, we're going to turn around and go, yeah, well, you rejected me wrong and now I feel bad. Um, yeah. and, and so the, there's almost this, like, paranoid avoidance of any sort of conversation because they're afraid that it's going to be used against them, which yeah. it might well because, yeah, we don't like rejection and, yeah, we're going to blame the person that rejected us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, to a degree, reasonably so because, I mean, in this case, I was letting a person down. But how are you letting them down? Like you're, every, everyone's allowed to say no. And if you've noticed that oh, someone's yeah, yeah. not right for you, like it's almost your duty to do that. Absolutely. From an ethical perspective, oh, yeah. I feel like it's your duty to let the other person know what's going on for you. But like, this is, and again, this is where ethics really becomes valuable. Is the point is like, again, ethics is not important when there's an obvious good answer and an obvious bad answer, right? Like, because right, because then we just know. It's easy. Just do the thing. Right? But well, when it's easy to do the thing that we know is the productive, useful, good sure. thing, we yeah. just do it. We don't need to think about it too hard. The, the time when it really matters, the time when you really, really need to have those methods up your sleeve and an ability to really deeply interrogate how you make decisions and why it's a good decision is when there's going to be pain either way. Right. So when you're choosing the least bad? Yeah. Yeah. Least yeah. bad decision. Yeah. And in a situation like that, simple fact, right? Like we've dated for long enough that someone's going to get hurt. It's been emotional investment. I mean, again, if, it, if neither of us, if both of us realize at the same time we're not into each other, that's fine. But I mean... What do you freaking do, right? Well, you could both still feel bad about that. Yeah, could, like, you could still be disappointed. That's a, that's a matter of 
basic communication though, isn't it? It's like, as long as you can communicate how you're feeling and the other person is clear on where they stand as well, mm-hmm. there may be a degree of disappointment. But I feel like you're quietly trying to assign blame here, though, because you're the one that wasn't interested, that mm. it's somehow your fault that they're attached to you. And I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I think we're responsible for our own feelings. If you fall for someone, you acknowledge that maybe that they oh. might not reciprocate. And if yeah. they don't, they're allowed to do that. And it is not... You know, it's not a. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. That's definitely some of my baggage coming into play there, in the sense of like, yeah, I do take responsibility. Like, okay, so my overwhelming thing that I learned out of the ten-year relationship was that I have a horrible tendency to own other people's shit. Right, I'm going to call you on that like a motherfucker. Please do. It's uh, because that sounds like a positive quality when you put it on paper, right? It's like, oh, he cares so much about other people that he's willing to take their problems on board as well. Ah, whereas I'm like, no, get off my turf. My, my, if I decide totally. to get annoyed at you about something, those feelings are mine and it's not up to you to fix them or change yeah. them or so, take the blame. I yeah. will admit that often I feel like I have a greater responsibility or duty of care because I'm so experienced at hooking up and so experienced, not at dating, but just mm. so, so much more confident mm. than your average person sometimes. Mm. Just, you know, not including what I said about sitting in a dark room crying before. Mm. But I feel like like I need to try harder to not upset other people. Mm. But then I remember that actually I've got a right to say no and that exactly. other people's feelings about themselves and their rejection, they need if they aren't given the opportunity to work through that, yeah. like, you know, it's good for them. So, like, going to the point you made earlier about, like, it's not my responsibility that the other person has gotten attached and it's not their, right. it's not, not a bad thing from them either. But it might be your responsibility to disengage as compassionately right. as possible. It doesn't change the right. fact that what I'm about to do is going to cause harm. Okay, and you can see that and you don't want to make it any worse than it necessarily has to be. Right. And this is where the ethics is complicated, yeah. right? Because yeah. you have a bit of responsibility. Hmm. And they have a bit of responsibility. Yeah. So my job yeah. at that point, using my various ethical frames I've got, was to minimize the harm, right? Well, that means that person walking away from that, not feeling bad about themselves, not blaming themselves, uh, preferably not hating me. I mean, you can't necessarily stop them from blaming no, themselves, I mean, but you could minimize. I can minimize the cause to do so, right? Yeah. You can do your best. You can't really control how other people are going to react. No, but you can no. Do your best. Again, that's exactly the point, isn't it? It's about uh, like uh, deploying some empathy, positioning the message in such a way that it's like as accurate to what I actually feel as possible, while also not being a dickhead about it. See, I'm not feeling a connection, or I'm not feeling the connection I think we we'd need for a relationship. Is a yeah. really good line, and it's really applicable for dating. It's applicable for like casual dating too just like hey like you seem really awesome and you're really interesting i'm just not feeling a sexual connection which is the same way as saying i'm not attracted to you but it's not blaming the other person or shaming them for not fitting your idea of what's attractive yeah it's just compatibility thing it's as simple as that and so how did it go down you sent this text message which you crafted fairly carefully well as it turned out i wasn't quite as clear as i thought i had been and uh she turned out to be quite a bit more invested than I expected. Yeah, so th- that meant uh, quite a bit more discussing and talking it through and like explaining myself in a bit more detail or at least making it much clearer where my stance was. Uh, but, you know, the grand irony of all of this is that... Um, so a lot of this went down on about a weekend ago, about a week ago, and one of the catalysts for making these calls, because I... Like I, I, I did that to several women in the same time frame. Most of them I'd only seen once or twice. So you actually um, called things off with a whole load of the people that you met all in that week. Several, yeah. Only uh, one you of which was. It, basically, um, the reason for that was that I'd gone on a date that weekend. It was really good. Like I had met so someone I got who that I high five now. Really, really, um, 
They had a lot of the qualities I was looking for. So I cut it off with several of those people and went, okay, I'm gonna focus on this one. I'm not putting too much expectation on the table here. I'm just gonna focus on this for a while. Yeah, well, it's a good thing I didn't invest myself too much because literally the next day. <laughs> oh, no. So do you take it as well as you give it, Gordon? This is the question. <laughs> okay, yeah, I do. You do. Because yeah. the uh, the way it happened, got a text message saying, hey, it was really lovely to catch up with you on the Sunday, but I've just realized that I am, I've been thinking about it and I've realized that I'm not ready to do the dating thing yet. So you actually literally copped the same thing back as you dished out except slightly different wording. And I'm not laughing. Yeah. It's not funny. Like it's hard to say it and it's hard to receive it, all these things. So I like to sit here thinking that I, you know, of course you go through this gamut of emotions and like a part of me was sitting there going like, Maybe it's literal. Maybe maybe she's saying literally what she thinks and maybe she'll come around. Yeah, I've been Maybe, there. maybe if I beg a little bit. Oh, no, I've been there too. <laughs> I've been there too. It's really bad. Oh, my God, um, now I'm reliving my excruciatingly embarrassing dating moments. I've learned not to beat myself up for having those reactions because you understand where they come from, right? It's and there's like, nothing that's wrong it. with wanting... It's a good partner. And when it. you meet someone that you think might tick that box or wanting a good anything, wanting a good one night stand, wanting a good uh, uh, lover or fuck buddy, and you meet someone you think is going to fill that role yeah. and you really want it to happen. Yeah. And that's not a failing. That's just human nature. Oh, of course no. we want what's going to make us happy. And it's... if it doesn't work out, of course we're going to feel disappointed. You remember right at the start of all this, I said that uh, me and a whole bunch of other ethicists actively recognize that we are... If not bad people, then have the potential to be bad people. <laughs> yeah. I extend that to other people in the sense of saying that um, it's okay to think fucked up things. Yeah, hell right? yeah. Because We're not in the that situation, police, right? I mean, it wasn't that fucked up, really, what I was thinking. But yeah, like the whole thing of like, huh, maybe I could like beg her into like giving me a second chance, or maybe I could bully her into it. Maybe I could just like in- increase the pressure and like overwhelm the natural resistance there. And that's like people do this, up. but people will sometimes people actively try and manipulate other people into sleeping with them or dating them. Right. It's like, how can I like this is the whole I'm rich thing, right? Yeah. That's literally trying to manipulate someone into liking you. And in some we regards, do some fucked up shit the to grand try and gesture. get people to like us. Yeah, the grand gesture falls into that as well as like, you know, showing up at their house after they rejected me that one time with the fucking red roses right. and or Which with is, John Cusack with the stereo. Let's not beat about the bush after someone has rejected you. You do not turn up to their house. He's fucking stalking. It's very bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, and so, but look, it's okay to f- to feel the impulse to do that and to even think the thoughts. Where the problem arises is to indulge those thoughts, right? You don't understand why you have that reaction, right? It's, it's because you, human nature. It's it's human nature. You, you have a thing you want and you've been denied it and now you're looking at options to get it. The child inside us is like, fuck that. This is fucked. Yeah. But of course, where, where this stuff comes in is where we go home. Oh, but is that really a good idea? Yeah, and what a, I'm curious about, yeah. right, is what's the motivation apart from just, oh, actually, I'm not going to do that because that would mean I'm a bad person. And that's uh, a, yeah. sure, like that's one thing to go, oh, no, I'm not going to turn up to their house and be a stalker because that would be weird and creepy and wrong. And sure, that's that's a great reason to not do something. But I'm also curious as to whether there are other yeah. reason, other reasons that we might not do, go do the bad thing straight away. Very, very Practical, practical reasons, reasons to do it. One, know? it's not going to work. Yes. Okay. Two, number one practical reason. If it did work, you wouldn't be getting the person you were after, would you? Right. And this is the thing about consent. Like people going, oh, I just, I prefer not to ask and take the risk that I'm accidentally 
violating someone's consent. It's like, but you do want to be sleeping with someone yeah. that doesn't want to be having sex with you. God, that's awful. Yeah. And sex would be awful. And you, in the back of your head, you'd know that they didn't really want you and you'd feel humiliated and gross. Like, this is why not only does it not work, even if you get what you want sometimes, yeah. if you don't, yeah. if you do it the wrong way, you feel, you feel bad yeah. and the outcome is bad. Yeah, you feel like a terrible person. Like, I mean, you... You're basically making a rod for your own back at that point, right? You're just fucking yourself up. And you're not going to like who you become in that process because, I mean, like, it's so easy to fall down a rabbit hole of resentment, right? It's like, yeah, I'd say, okay, yeah, okay, like, this is one of my more shameful moments. But, yeah, during right. my undergrad years, um, when I was still bubbling away in the, the uh, nice guy sort of space, uh, but it started to learn how to like myself and relax a little bit more, but hadn't quite made that metamorphosis mm-hmm. to a point where I was a functional human yet. But um, I'm, I'm still not sure I'm a functional human, but well, carry on. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> the, um, there was a girl in uni who I quite liked the look of. Had a few conversations that all seemed to go well. Um, asked her, yeah, you could have get your number sometime, and she gave me her number. Now, the, where the nice guy bit starts to kick back in is that I took that as carte blanche, basically, of like, she gave me a number. She's my girlfriend now. Off we go. Right. Yeah. Cue 40 phone calls in one day. Oh, no. All this horrible, horrible shit. Like, it didn't go straight into that. It started out small. I'd leave a message or something like that. Didn't hear back for a week, so I'd leave two messages. Oh, no. This is another one of those social poor judgment things. Right, totally. I mean, obviously, it's... The, the main problem is that you're showing that maybe you don't yet understand how a reasonable Ugh. person acts. But this is this is what growing up is all about. Metamorphosis, right? right? Like you have to learn. You can't change your mistakes. You've got to learn from a bit. Like, yeah, and this is how we learn by excruciatingly. Please don't. Learn from other people's mistakes as well. Just listeners, don't yeah. fucking do this. Because what broke it for me, where I, what stopped it for me was that I realized at once things started to get a little bit bonkers, that the reason I was doing this at this point had nothing to do with this other person. I did not want to be with that person now. I was so resentful over being ignored or having my feelings. You just wanted to have that feeling taken away by getting a I felt, well, I just wanted to punish it, frankly. Uh, Oh, my God. I had gotten to a point where I was like, you gave me your number. What the fuck did you think I wanted to do, right? Like at the very least, you could, you could have just said no in the moment or you could have at the very least just responded the first time I called and said, Saying, sorry, sorry, I'm not interested. Fucking get it on the table, right? And because, and then that spirals because the more I increase my intensity, the of more course. she's going to get scared. Of course. And subsequently, you know, try and distance self further and further from me. And that led to more resentment, and I eventually realized that, hey, I don't even actually like this person anymore. In fact, I'm quite resentful towards this person at this point. Yeah, it'll all get pretty awful. What's the goddamn point? Why? Yeah, why? Why are you still doing this? Get the yeah. hell out of here. Like, and I didn't like what I was turning into. And what I was turning into was a very unpleasant person, to say the least. And yeah, so better yes. if I could have skipped that particular step, but yeah. Well, th- I mean, thanks for your honesty. Like, it's sort of. It's really good to acknowledge those times when we just got stuck and sometimes we don't realize that we're going somewhere a bit scary until we're there. Yeah. And I have had this experience. And unfortunately for me, when I did it, it took a few years for me to look back and go, what the fuck were you doing? Because I just didn't have the information. And then you realize and then you look back and realize how scared and hurt and or even possibly terrified or traumatized that person might have been. 
and then then we feel bad, right? Yeah. But of course, that that nasty payoff is so far in the future that at the time, mm. it's hard to understand that doing that is going to hurt us down the track, right? That when we violate the consent of other people or that when we push or manipulate other people, we think that we're getting a short-term gain, but actually, like the what actually happens is it, it's bad. It's, mm. it's really bad for us. Mm. But when that happens, I guess sometimes it's a long time. See, this is the problem, right? It's like it's the, well, it's a bad analogy, even like a broken analogy at any rate, but, you know, the frog in the boiling pot of water. Like, and increasingly I see this in my corporate work as well. It's like inside that system, the person has been inculcated or like grown into that culture over a period of time. How we should behave. Everyone inside the group thinks that it's just normal. normal. And I feel like we've sort of contradicted ourselves too because a while back we were saying that like being non not being ethical hurts you in the short term because when you get what even if you get what you want it's still terrible but then also saying that sometimes we don't even sometimes we don't realize that it's bad for us until it's long term so yeah. now I'm confused about how I feel about that I feel like maybe sometimes it's bad in the short term and we feel it immediately right. and then sometimes we think we've won Years later, we go, oh, my God, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. Right. Like, maybe it's not a, there's not a blanket rule for that. Yeah, well, look, it's sort of like it's scales of goals, if you know what I mean, in that sense of like, so broad speaking, you want to have a higher quality of life, right, mm-hmm. in the long term. Now, regardless of what that involves, but generally speaking, it should be constructive. We've got psychology to tell us what some of those positive aspects should be. How we feel about ourselves, whether we're getting all those basic things that keep us happy. Like by contrast, you do not want to be in the situation where you're 65, you're sitting around, you're retired, career's behind you, everything's behind you, and you realize, I fucked up. As in, I, the things I thought I was doing that were good, the, the things I was trying to achieve, either I didn't achieve them, or worse, it turns out those things were not, in fact, good things. I mean, I don't mind fucking up. And there are tons of times I have fucked up. Mm. But I don't want those times where I've fucked up and I've hurt someone. And when I think back about those times I've fucked up and I've hurt someone, those are the things I regret. Yep. I don't regret fucking up around anything else because mm. it's a mm. learning experience, right? Probably this is, though, like the sort of perspective I'm talking about is like it's too late. Well, yeah, that doesn't help us right now. Five right? years worth of effort poured into something that turned out to be bad. You know what I mean? Like and it's too fucking late. And this is why I often talk about um, like ethical hookup stuff as being beneficial in the short term and why I emphasize the short term stuff, not mm. the you'll be a better person in the future stuff, even mm. though it might be true, or you'll feel bad in the future if you do something bad, mm. um, even though it might be true. But because I think we need we need that short term payoff in order to change our behavior. Yes, and yeah. so I think finding those ways that ethical behavior can actually sure. make our lives better immediately is really helpful otherwise people just can't see the point of doing anything differently and that sucks and that's human nature but hey this is what we're working with you're not a fan of oversimplifying things but if you were to if i were to say what you know what do you wish that people who are out there people who are out there on tinder hinge people who are dating people Mm. who are getting laid like how do you wish that we thought more about ethics around this stuff Mm. like how Mm. you know what do you wish we did differently Two main things really come to mind with anyone in any situation, frankly, hookups or otherwise. Spend the time and look, don't let me give you the impression that I think this is easy or painless. But spend the time figuring out what you want as a person right now. The best and frankly, I think only way of doing this is spending time on your own. Um, I'm a big fan in your own head now this you will find some pretty disturbing shit in there and that's oh, okay yeah. that's all right I'm that's at peace with my disturbing shit 
Yeah, look, what I'm basically describing here is an existential crisis. What I'm suggesting to you is that you should willfully engage in an existential crisis from time to time. Like really genuinely ask the whys. I think you might be scaring the bejesus out of most of our listeners, yeah, but and I've I am done this. Really sorry, but work. there is no alternative. Those questions are there. You know they're there. You know when you talk about them. You know when you think about them. There's ways of doing it that are much less traumatic than otherwise and like deliberately putting some time apart to think about stuff. So this is the time when we sit down and we, we go like, am I happy? Am I getting what I want? Am I, how am, I, am I happy about how I treat other people? Right. What's been going well for me in my yeah. sex life and my dating life? What's been going badly and how have I contributed to that? Yep. And this is good learning shit, not just be from an, again, and we're not coming from an ethical point of view as in this will make you a good person. No. But in terms of this shit works, like sitting down and going, what, what could I be doing better? How could I be treating other people better? This is really good learning stuff. Because unfortunately, the horrible reality is, is like that question will always be there. And if you don't engage with it now, you're going to have to face it a lot further down the track. And by that point, it's to a degree going to be a little bit late. And you miss out too. Like, right. you know, or there's a lot of good learnings there mm. uh, when we learn about ourselves, when we yeah. think about what we yeah. might be doing differently or better. So there's that. that. We can immediately be applying. And the other thing is then ask yourself about how you figure that out. So we're talking about objectives like goals, and then we're talking about decision making methods, as in, like, it sounds so simple on paper, right? What do you want and how do you go about getting it? But in practice, obviously, is all. 10 times of just horrible complications. And well, because people, right? People are complicated. Things so are complicated, anything right? where other people come into the mix suddenly. Yeah. So like, keep it simple. Keep it tight. Keep a nice tight scope around it when you do it because that helps a lot. So ask yourself a question. It's like, what's something that I value? Like, keep it simple. Like, do I think that honesty is perhaps one of my defining characteristics? How would other people describe me, right? Like, What's something that you're you, you're proud oh, of in yourself? So you're telling people to sit down and find work out what ethics means to them. Basically, yeah. So rather than going, this is what you should do, or you should you should do better, or you should be a good person. It's like, well, what hmm. what do you think? What what do you think uh, this stuff means to you, and what's important to you? Yeah, I'm is not it saying, being honest, or so is it being kind, or you know? This is the the flip side of all of this, right? Like you're already probably pretty good at this. Yeah, I mean, if if you haven't set a school bus on fire recently, then you're off to a good start. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do this constantly. We are making decisions all day, every day, We're and every time. We're always trying to make the best decision for yeah. ourselves. There's ethics involved in that. What I'm suggesting to you is not so much that you need to completely reform it. What I'm suggesting is you need to just be able to articulate it a little bit more. Because that way you'll be able to see if what you're doing is actually in line with what you're trying so, like, to achieve. So think about it and then have a little conversation with yourself basically. Yeah, like, hey, so, down. you know, why, why do I do it this way? And is this the best way? Make time do I feel it. good about this? Think, yeah. of it, think of it like exercise, you know? Like I, no one, well, maybe some people really do enjoy it, but like going out and doing a run or something like that, it's largely about improving as a person, right? Like that's essentially what we're talking about here as well. It's like, it's not like there's some sort of mythical goal you're going to reach. Actually, as a flip side to all this as well, Certainty is the enemy. Like, if there's one thing I can point out and say that's bad, certainty. So being sure that you're doing the right thing. Confidence is one thing, but confidence is a matter of practice, right? Like in seeing a pattern. But certainty is 
poison. And the only thing worse than being 100% sure that you're doing the right thing is being 100% sure that you're doing the right thing and then telling other people. Oh, God. That's a really bad sign. And that happens, I'm like, yeah, okay, but are you really? Hmm. Like, are you, are you really ethical? Are you real? Like, maybe just go sit alone in a dark room by yourself for a while and have, have you know, be honest with yourself. Because at the end of the day, no one else's opinion fucking matters about this stuff. It's only how you feel about yourself. Well, disturbingly, a lot of the time, what you tend to find is that the people that are the most willing to get out there and tell other people how to live and moralize and, like, use ethics as a weapon, basically, have done the least amount of navel-gazing and, like, checking in on themselves and are the most scared about what they'll find. But this is why, like, this is why say like feminists always bitching about male feminists mm. and i think anyone who's a feminist is awesome but yeah. there's that thing about people who go around saying how great they are and how ethical they yeah. are yeah. like i treat women really really well like uh, it's really easy to say one thing and do another yeah. and we're so mistrustful of that because so many of us have copped the mm. i'm a nice guy thing and then yeah. it's just not true well this is i mean it's an abused term these days but like that's what virtue signaling is right it's Basically. like it's like look how virtuous i am without necessarily backing it up in practice and it means nothing you can say anything yeah well that's right it's only your actions that actually let people know what you're actually like sure this has been a really good chat we've just covered i have segued back and forth between <laughs> no we didn't feel follow the script at all but it was good it was a good chat it was better thanks yeah. for sharing um particularly about some of your latest adventures like just really appreciate the honesty sure. Yeah, 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 um, for sure. can can you tell our listeners where um they can find you if they're interested oh, oh. in hearing more about what you do yeah you can find me on linkedin um you can also find me at ethological.com which is um oh god how do i spell my own website now E-T-H-I-L-O-G-I-C-A-L, Ethi-Logical. But uh, yeah, look, and LinkedIn, always happy to take questions or shoot me an email. More than happy to chat about this sort of stuff. And I, yeah. I love the concept of this podcast, I think, and, and your book and the other things you've been doing, Georgie. It's uh, extremely important and a really valuable conversation to be having. Thank you. I, I will take that compliment. That's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Well, you don't get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Gordon. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more about having better sex, why not read my book? Check out artofthehookup.com for the details. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.